Hey there, welcome to Embrace Your Strengths podcast. You're going to hear inspiring stories of men and women who are embracing their top five Clifton strengths in all kinds of ways. You'll be encouraged to understand more about what's so great about you. Learn how knowing, developing, and living more moments using your strengths can bring you joy and purpose in your life. I'm your host, Barbara Colwell. Hi there. Welcome to Embrace Your Strengths. I am so excited for you to hear from my next guest, one of my very favorite people in the whole world, my youngest daughter, Rachel Buchanan. I know as her mom, I have a deep love for both Rachel and my other daughter, Lauren Claire. And as you can imagine, being a mom, it is just such a gift to watch your children grow up and to see how wonderful they are watching every little Thing that they do, and they're older, lovely ladies now. And so I really am so excited for you to hear from Rachel. Welcome, Rachel. Thanks. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> this is so crazy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I think as a new mom, it's so fun to watch you enjoy precious Charlotte and see just all the things she's doing, even at six months old. I think Mm -hmm. you kind of are getting a little bit about just the mother's love, don't you think? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely am. I've told a lot of people this, that now I feel like I understand. We always joke in our family that mom loves us too much sometimes, (laughs) but now I understand it. I'm like, oh yeah, I love Charlotte so much. I can only imagine that's just going to grow and grow as she grows. Yes, it, it really is amazing. I think no one can really comprehend just how much you can have love for someone. And mm-hmm. um, now that you're older, 30 years old, I just mm-hmm. have just such a a plethora of just occasions. And even as you know, pictures all around every room of our house and my phone of just special moments that I just love to capture of you and Lauren Claire and mm-hmm. just our little people that are coming along too. But I think, um, well, tell a little bit about where you are and what you are doing now. Yes. So I live in San Diego, California, um, a little, technically we're in San Diego County. We live in Encinitas, which is kind of like a little beach town actually with my husband, Andrew. We've been married um, since April of 2019 and we had Charlotte in October of 2020. So um, we've been here in Encinitas for, it'll be two years in September, which is crazy to think about. Um, and before that we were living in Austin and both working for crew and now we both have different jobs. So I work for a Christian ministry called generous giving, and we do conferences and retreats around the topic of biblical generosity and, um, kind of looking at that topic through the lens of the gospel. And I manage our volunteers that we have across the country. And Andrew is um, in insurance. He works for a company called Martian McLennan Agency out here. And he is an insurance broker for people helping them with their business insurance needs. So that's where we are in life right now. Um, That's great. Well, I know, um, as you know, just since you've moved, um, I continue to learn to just give thanks by faith of where God has you all, but it is so neat to be able to, to see you in your world there and to see how you're thriving. And, um, I, you know, we worked hard on getting all of our Southwest airline miles before Charlotte was (laughs) born and 
orange my buddy. And so it is um, really encouraging just in this day and age, just that that can be an opportunity and just mm-hmm. that we can FaceTime and um, yeah, lots of FaceTimes. Yes. So that is really great. I, th- I was thinking even today as we were driving back from somewhere of just, just the sweet season, as you know, in Austin right now with the blue bonnets and, um, Oh, she's tearing up. <laughs> um, but just, just what a special time and place it is um, in Austin and just sweet memories of you and Lauren Claire growing up and so many blue bonnet pictures. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you're glad you don't have to sit in the pit blue bonnets this time and take your picture, <laughs> but I still yeah. try to try to get them of um, Sadie, Jean and Lita. Um, they might get mm-hmm. by without one this year. Who knows? But anyway, <laughs> um, it's just a delight to just to know you're right where God wants you. And even mm-hmm. though there's a lot of miles between us, it's um, just a privilege just to be able to connect and see different ways that we are able to see each other and enjoy mm-hmm. each other across the miles. Yeah, I agree. Well, um, I know you've, you kid me a lot about um, how every conversation I have ends up in straight finders. And <laughs> yeah. we, I think it really is true, but I think I have loved um, just understanding more about people's strengths. And I think especially like you and Lauren Claire, because you're my daughters of seeing mm-hmm. your strengths really in action. And I know we've had a lot of conversations about that over the years. And so I'm so excited for our listeners to hear more about you and just your strengths in action. So tell me uh, what your top five strengths are. So tell me what your top five strengths are. So my strengths are woo, belief, communication, activator, and positivity. Yeah. I don't even remember when you first learned about them. Do you can, tell, I me, do. Yeah. tell me about your I, journey with that? I actually took Strength Finders, the Clifton Strength Finders, my freshman year of college. It was part of that, um, mom, you'll remember that Aggie access. Oh yeah. Thing I, re- you made I remember me do. that. <laughs> yeah, be a some, college student. <laughs> yeah. It was some, I don't even know, some smaller learning community or something that I was a part of. Um, and one of the things we did in one of those classes was take strength finders. Um, and so I, I took it again when I was interviewing with generous giving. So that must've been in 2018. And I got almost the exact same order. Even I remember, except for I, I had strategic instead of, I can't remember which one, but they say the first time you take it is the most accurate. But I did think it was interesting that almost 10 years later, I had almost the exact same strengths and order. Um, But yeah, so I took it freshman year and I think I had to read the book with it as well. But I just remember, um, I don't feel like I really got that into it or developed my strengths um, until after college. But I do remember on any type of either job application or I did a lot of different summer projects with crew, things like that. I would, when it asked, what were your, what are your strengths? I would just say, woo, I'm able to connect. You know, I just would, I would list the literal strengths from my Clifton Strength Finder. So that's how I remember using it in college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, tell me a little bit about um, just what each of those have looked like to you. And um, yeah, I appreciate, like you say, I I think you're probably like so many people that maybe have taken the assessment for one reason or another, but don't really know what to do with it. And that's why I get so excited about 
even this podcast or even meeting with people one-on-one to help them to unpack those because mm-hmm. it's, they're so, um, they're so innate and natural and you don't think them as any big deal sometimes. And so I think, you know, like anything, it helps to have someone else kind of walk alongside you to understand them. So tell me about your mm-hmm. wound. So woo is um, winning others over, uh, which just means you can naturally make connections with people and are, you know, you're friendly. And I would say I've seen that one show up um, a little bit more. I mean, I guess I've always had that. I think I've always been like a friendly, outgoing little girl when I was younger and then in high school as well. Um, But... I, the part of woo, I feel like I really saw develop after college was there's a, I remember there's a line in the description of woo that says enjoys breaking the ice. And basically it also says once the ice is broken and a connection is made, they feel free to move on. And I feel like I, I I don't feel like I really did a lot of meeting new people and breaking the ice in high school and college because in high school, I went to a small private Christian school, graduated with a class of 42 I had the same two best friends, Mary Martha and Annie, all throughout um, that we had been friends since kindergarten and fourth grade. And then kind of same thing in college. I I, my, I met my two best friends in college, Catherine and Allie, my freshman year, and we just kind of stuck together. So I would say it was actually when I was um, living in Austin after graduating and I had just joined staff with crew. And um, I was kind of, even though I grew up in Austin, I didn't have a friend group. None of my high school or college friends lived in Austin. So I was kind of forced to meet new people and try a new church. Like I remember walking into church by myself at Providence and having to meet people and, or, or people I kind of knew, but having to actually reconnect or connect with them. And, um, if any of my friends are listening, they'll laugh that I'm about to bring this up, but I, (laughs) I do feel like, one of my, uh, and Andrew, if he listens to this, will laugh at me, but the, we joke about the glory days of our single time in Austin being the supper club era. And that was when I, I feel like I really discovered and developed my woo. So basically we had, um, it was every other Wednesday, we had a supper club and I was a part of helping plan it and basically picking who we invited. And then I, I wanted to make sure everyone there knew someone, but not everyone knew everyone. And so what I loved, I would get on almost a high at supper club because I would be bouncing from group to group and kind of making introductions. <laughs> yeah. And once the common ground was found between two people, I would try and, you know, move on to the next and help other people connect. And so, um, yeah, I do feel like Supper you were club. in your element doing that. Yeah, you? yeah, that really helped. And then I think I saw Wu show up a lot in my job when I was working for Crew of um, working with you know sorority girls at UT. And a part of what we did was we would go into the freshman, the new pledge class, and make an announcement about Crew and have people fill out little contact cards. And then I'd follow up with those girls and get together with them. And a lot of those girls were people that even when I was in college, they would have been the type of person I was intimidated of. Um, and I think, you know, through, for whatever reason, obviously I think the Lord equipping me, but I was able to, when I was on staff, really connect with these girls that again, I think I would have been intimidated of earlier in life or something. And so a lot of what I would do when I'd get together with those girls is break the ice, put them at ease, you know, and then obviously we'd launch into more spiritual conversation. And I felt like I was, Wu helped me 
ask these spiritual questions in a way that came off as normal for those girls, even though probably no one was asking them those types of things. But I think my woo and communication, I mean, and belief, they they all kind of tied in with my job with crew. But I think the initial winning people over was obviously my woo coming out. That's great. I love um, hearing that because it is, it's so neat. I think I've mentioned to you, one of the people at a workshop I was leading um, at the end, we were kind of assessing things and she was like, I just don't get how people with woo do that. And, um, (laughs) and, but then it's like, she, the next question that she answered is like, yeah, I really wish I had woo. And I think like any of our strengths, like I've mentioned before, we, we don't think twice about it because it's so easy. And I mean, you just are good at that. And, and so it's, it is so fun to see it in action and just how that gives you joy. And like you said, yeah. even at supper club gave you a high and mm-hmm. that's, that, that's the essence of like using and enjoying your strength and it benefits other people around you. And so yeah. that's awesome to see how that happens. Mm-hmm. Well, um, tell me about um, your next drink, belief. Yeah, so belief. I actually do remember reading about that one a lot in college because it 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 basically means that you see the world through a lens of you know core beliefs, I guess. And I mean, mom, you'll know more about this. Thing. I'm pretty sure there's only a few strengths that have a spiritual element to them, right. and uh-huh. and obviously belief is one of them. And so um, it just means, yeah, I view the world through for me, it's my Christian worldview. And I would even say growing up in the family I grew up in as a crew staff kid, I would say my belief has this kind of missional spin to it um, Uh of where I feel like I at my core have this high, high value on evangelism and discipleship because that's kind of the the air I was breathing or whatever that expression is when I grew up. Um, So Yes, that's, I obviously saw that, um, a lot in college as I was starting to really walk with God and take steps of faith, um, just in my own life. And then joining staff with crew, getting to do that as my job, share my faith and help other college girls kind of grow in their relationships with God was so, I mean, my job, I tell people this all the time now, I'm like, that job did not feel like a job. You know, it didn't feel like I got to go to work. And I remember some other people on my staff team would say things like, you know, after work tonight, or they would say work. And I just remember being like, this isn't work. Like it just didn't, it didn't feel not that it wasn't, I wasn't working hard, but it didn't feel like I got a clock in and clock out. It just felt like I was operating within my, my gifts. And I think a huge reason was because my belief box was checked with crew. Yeah. Well, um, when I asked you recently, like when you felt like you really, that belief was really more solidified, um, can you tell about that? Oh yeah. So I, I, yeah, just briefly, I went on a mission trip, um, in high school, the summer of, I don't, I think it was 2005, summer before my junior year of high school. Um, and was, went to China with a group of other, I guess they were all crew staff kids. Um, and that was the first time I was gone for six weeks. So it was the longest I had been away from home. You were gone on your point. birthday. You were gone yeah, I was on gone birthday. on my, my 16th birthday. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. It was yeah, my 16th yeah. birthday. And, um, anyways, that was the first time 
I had been away that where I felt like my faith really was my own because I had done a bunch of, you know, camps or Christian things growing up, but it was, I was only ever away from home for like a week or two. So I think being away for six weeks and obviously being in a closed country where we, it was just very serious what we were doing. Like we had to cover our Bibles with paper and we had to speak in code in our house that we were living in and we couldn't say Jesus, you know, stuff like that. And then I actually got to see someone pray to receive Christ. It was the first time I had ever gotten to lead someone to Christ. Her name was Cherry. That was her um, American name. And I just remember coming back from that trip. And yeah, telling my friend, Mary Martha, like I remember laying in bed when we got back telling her about it. And I was just like, I mean, this is a very dogmatic and I'll say incorrect view, but this was my belief at an immature age kind of showing. I was just like, I don't know how you can be a Christian and not be a missionary. It just doesn't seem right to me. And I remember Mary Martha was like, well, I mean, you know, the workplace needs Christians too. Not all the Christians can just go in the mission field. And I just like, didn't agree with her. I just remember being like, no, every Christian needs to be a missionary. So I don't think that anymore, but I do think that that did shape me from a young age of my desire to be involved in ministry as a part of my job. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think too, on a um, side note about belief, it's like, Obviously, your maybe that being one of your top strengths is driven by just your um, faith beliefs, but but belief can be a lot of other things. Like I believe you shouldn't eat gluten ever. I mean, some people are very yeah, dogmatic. Yeah. Or do you feel like there's some other areas that you are really strong in your beliefs or can? Um, yeah, that's or, funny. I mean, I see it come up in marriage. Like there are certain things. Andrew and I joked that our wedding hashtag should have been, it's not wrong. It's different. Just because <laughs> we both, when we both have an opinion, we both have the tendency to think it like, instead of thinking, oh, that's interesting. You have a different preference or a different opinion. It's like, I can think and he can think, okay, no, this is right. Like what I think is right <laughs> yeah. and what you think is wrong. And so I think, one thing I have very, very strong belief about is like social type of like when we're in a social setting, you know, we don't leave until I've offered to help clean up or, you know, we, we ask questions and, you know, just things like that. I feel like I see my belief, um, showing up with the yeah social or relational dynamics. That's interesting. I mean, it might be for another podcast to talk more about, but, um, as you know, you and Andrew have three um, strengths that are the same, but one that is different is belief. I mean, he has mm-hmm. competition and d- discipline that you don't have, and you have belief yeah. and positivity that he doesn't have. So mm-hmm. it's interesting that, I mean, you both have a lot of strong ideas, but so that's yes. funny that yeah. you bring that up. We do. Yeah. So, um, well, what about your next strength, communication? Um, communication. Yes. I mean, I don't remember the, the technical definition of that. I think it's something like naturally engaging. Um, but you're able to string ideas together and communicate clearly about things. So I think this was really developed at Regents, honestly, because we had so many, um, just the style of learning there was, you know, you sat at a circle table and we had discussions on history that using the Socratic method, you know, it just was all like, you had to, you had to, learn how to think critically. And part of your grade in the class was a participation grade in discussions like class discussions. And so I'm sure that helped develop it. And then 
also just doing the senior thesis, that big project we had to do where we had a big presentation we worked on all year. Um, and then, yeah, I think probably a lot of it too was just from growing up in our family. Just, we always had people over. And I remember before we had company come over, <laughs> you and dad would tell me and Lauren Claire, okay, you guys each need to think, and this is when we're like 10, you <laughs> each need to think of three questions to ask our guests. And so I remember I trying think to everyone like, everyone should do that. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> but I remember trying to like beat Lauren Claire for the easy ones. Like how long did it take you to get here? You know, or just like <laughs> easy questions. So I do think a lot of that communication was developed by, by you guys. And then, um, again, being in ministry, it's like, you're talking to people all the time. Yeah. Well, I was, I was asking dad, um, his thoughts about your strengths before we started this interview. And he said about communication, he's like, well, she can talk to anybody about really pretty much anything. She can have a conversation very easily. And that's, yes, that's true. So true. Well, um, I think about, um, even like you mentioning your skills that you learned at Regents and being able to like prove points and stuff. Do you feel like, um, how do you feel like that is? I mean, kind of like with your belief and your communication together. Yeah. I mean, one thing Andrew will say to me when we're in a argument is don't lawyer me like do you're doing that again. So I, I think I know, especially when I believe something really strongly, I know how to, you know, make my point. And, um, I know how to have some verbal combat or whatever. Yeah. Um, so it definitely can be a downside. And, and I think another downside of communication is because I, I can be so caught up in talking. I'm, I won't listen as well. And I'll notice instead of like actually actively listening to someone, I'll be trying to think of like the next question I can ask them or, um, you know, it's happened to me multiple times where I ask someone something that they just told me and it's just obvious that I wasn't listening, you know? Um, but no, I, I, yeah, I can't remember your original question about belief and communication being together. Yes. It can make me really passionate about proving my points. Yeah. As a mom, you know, I've seen a lot of, not all of your moments in life, but a lot. And I do think of how I saw these really, um, accentuated or you using them well, like when you did mock trial in high school. And I remember I thought, you should try out for the lawyer, but you decided not to do that. But then you were the lawyer at the final um, meet. Oh yeah. Just to see you in action, like on the spot, you were proving the point of whatever the case was. And it it just is like, look at her, look at her. She's doing such a great (laughs) job. Did you enjoy that? Yeah, I did. It's funny. I wanted to be the witness because that was easier. Like the, the lawyer was more work, which that's my lack of discipline. Um, but yeah, no, I remember when I did that last, yeah, whatever. I don't remember. Someone must've been sick. I filled in or something. And I remember thinking I should have been the lawyer. I I shouldn't have been a witness. My mother told me I should. Yeah. And I'm pretty (laughs) sure I was like, when I got into A&M, I'm pretty sure I started as like a poli sci major because that was the, what you did for pre-law, but never really pursued that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That was too hard. It could, it could be an option one day if you wanted it to be. Oh, thanks. Um, well, also on a side note, um, I know that I love your communication strength. And as you know, um, sometimes I can be that, that mom. Like 
Rachel, tell the story. And I'm <laughs> trying to not do that as much, but, um, but you are a great storyteller and it's really fun to see you telling stories. And um, I don't know, I, I guess maybe just please forgive me for doing that, but I might, <laughs> I might do it again. I don't know. That's okay. So, um, well, what about your um, next one, Activator? Naturally eager. Let's get going is what it means. Yeah. So that was very helpful for me to understand in my first job after college. Before I worked for Crew, I was living in Birmingham for a year working at this, um, it was called, what was it called? Alabama Policy Institute. It was like a nonprofit um, conservative think tank. And I was, I was kind of like a catch all. I sat at the front desk, but I was, I don't remember what my official job title was, but they'd randomly kind of have me work on these special projects or op-eds. And I just remember starting things with no plan in mind. They'd give me an assignment and I'd just start and then get about halfway through and realize, ah, I didn't, I didn't think, I didn't figure out what would be the most efficient way to do this or most strategic way, you know? So I think I remember seeing that then. And then when I was on staff, I ended up being one of the directors at UT and activators are great because I I'm good at, I, yeah, I'm not going to twiddle my thumbs. Like I'm, I'm able to like take action and make decisions and just get going. But sometimes it's like, especially when you're the leader, you can kind of lead people off a cliff if you haven't really thought it through. And especially because I have woo and communication, you know, I can make it sound really good. Like I know where I'm going and this is the right thing to do, but I've taken more of a ready fire aim approach instead of ready aim fire. And so there was one girl on our staff team, Victoria um, Young, and she's so detail oriented. And I just remember she would always like, well, I don't know about, you know, and she would kind of <laughs> poke holes, which would bother me in the moment. But then it would be like, no, I need a Victoria in my life. And so um, it's been good for me to know that about myself. And so now I either have learned how to give myself kind of tracks to run on at work, um, especially in my job now, or I'll ask for help. I'll essentially have someone who thinks more systematically, be like, okay, hey, these are the three things I have to do. Even things like, what order do you think I should do them? You know, it's just that's, I want to just do. Um, so, and again, I think it's a really good quality. I think it's one thing that's helped me and Andrew, we both have Activator. And so when we moved here, we both were able to just, we committed early to a church. We got in a small group. We're about to start leading one, you know, like we're, we're able to, we don't get stuck. Um, mm -hmm. But we've had to learn too, even sometimes we can commit to things too soon. Cause we're just like, we're all in. And then because we're activators. <laughs> so, um, but I do think that's really helped us find friends here and, and get plugged in, in a new place. Hmm. That's great. Yeah. I like that um, phrase that you just said. I haven't heard that before. Ready, Ready. fire aim. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> that's really good. People almost don't catch it, but I'm like, no, no, it's I'm, I need to aim before I fire. Yes. Positivity, naturally uplifting, that's awesome or that's fun. We people like you can make anything really fun. What's it how do you feel like your positivity shows up? Yeah. Um, this is the one that I feel like is the most like I really don't think about this one that much or or haven't spent time, I would say, like developing it, but I, I see it all the time. It's I am like a silver lining type person and you know. 
part of that, I really do. And maybe this is my belief, but I really am like, well, because I'm a Christian. And so I really do think like God is in control. And even when things are hard, it's, it's going to be okay. And, you know, I think it's just not that hard for me to believe that. Um, I'm also a seven on the Enneagram. So that, that kind of, I think ties in with positivity. I, I think the downside of positivity is you can kind of ignore when things are hard or, I mean, if I'm sad for more than a day, I legitimately think I'm depressed. I, I will ask Andrew, I'm like, do you think I'm depressed? And he's like, no, you're just tired or, you know, so that was, there was like a couple of days at the beginning of COVID or in April of COVID uh, last year where I just felt like I was sure I was depressed and it was probably, there was no way it would have been longer than a week. Um, so I don't do super well with negative emotions, but I also don't have that many negative emotions. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I know, um, I've, notice that in your life and it's, it's great, but you do, you are fun to be with and you bring just a fun spirit and um, atmosphere to wherever you go. And it's, it's awesome to see you in action and just, just the, the joy that you bring into a room is all those things above. Well, um, I have a few more questions, but one of them is, I know like you mentioned, you're in a new season of life. You have a new baby. And Mm -hmm. how have you seen what your strengths are kind of help moving you forward in a whichever way, in a forward way in this new Mm -hmm. season of life? Yeah. um, I think a a big thing, and this is for for both Andrew and I, because like you said, I think you said we have three of the same. He has, what does he have? Woo, communication, and um, activator. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, for us, when we moved here, I kind of already said this, but we tried to get as plugged in as possible right away. And then, you know, we found out we were pregnant last February of 2020 and then COVID hit in March. Um, and we, we had been going to a small group at that point, but it was, had only been probably two or three months. Cause we had maybe not even three months cause we had taken a break for, you know, Christmas and all that. So by the time COVID hit, we were doing online small group and I was pregnant. You know, it just was kind of a hard time. And I remember that's when I kind of joked, was I depressed in April? Um, but it was hard for me because I was thinking, oh my gosh, I'm about to become a mom. And, you know, I don't have as many friends as I would have wanted to have before like falling off the face of the earth, which I thought was going to happen when I had a baby, which has not happened. <laughs> but, um, I remember, yeah, we kind of just hit a turning point where we basically, or I reached out to this one one girl that I had met one time at church. We'd gone on a walk before COVID hit and basically just randomly texted her and asked if she was hanging out with people right now and if we could come. And so we started hanging out with this great group of friends from, they they all went to our church um, as a bunch of young couples. And um, I, I feel like, yeah, just the ability to make friends easily has really helped, um, in this season. So that was before having Charlotte. And then those are the girls that ended up like, they got me my first, when they found out I was having a girl, they got me my first little package of girl clothes and a, you know, pretty card. And they were all at my baby shower, the drive by baby shower that we had. And I remember my friends in Austin were like, commenting on those pictures being like, who are all these girls? Like, who are these? You have, you have friends. Yeah. You have a Rachel. Yeah. So, I mean, and I think also that was cause that was kind of a season where none of us were really hanging out with that many friends, but I, these girls and I, and their husbands, we were all hanging out. And part of it is cause 
the weather's so nice here. So we could go to the beach all the time. And, you know, even when COVID was going on, we could do all that stuff. So I think that was really a gift from the Lord at that timing to make those friends before having Charlotte. And then once after having her, it was like, you know, I, I I feel like that just kind of continued. And I have several friends that have young kids here. Um, they're actually girls that I've met really through Andrew, either his high school or college friends. Um, so I think I've had other moms initiate with me for walks and like little play groups. I went to this play group for some moms the other day and we all were like, this is what dreams are made of. Like, this is why we wanted to become moms to go to a play group with other fun young moms, you know? So I was like, yeah, on a high after that. Um, so I think, yeah, just seeing the, I mean, I guess a lot of my strengths are more in the relational quadrant or I don't know if it's technically one of the quadrants, but relational sphere. And so I think that's helped in this new season. Just, I don't feel like I've fallen off the face of the earth. And and I'm also married to a highly relational person and an activator who's like, I mean, it was like no rest for the weary when we had Charlotte, we were like going to the beach and traveling and doing all that stuff pretty early on with her. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of that has been, I've been helped in that by Andrew for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's really fun to see um, just how you're using the things that you're good at and that the tracks that you've made because of just just the opportunities that you've had, but also just what is naturally easy for you in mm-hmm. initiating, in connecting with new people, and all of the above. Well, um, one of the things about um, I think just with strength finders and anything really, it's like when we're using all of our strengths, um, like if we're using all of our strengths in their full capacity, what does that look like? And I think, you know, like that movie Chariots of Fire, you know, when Eric Little was like, when I run, I feel God's pleasure. And I think that's the kind of thing that we're all really seeking in one way or another of like, who who do I need to be and what does that look like? And how can I do more of that? Or how can I have a job like that? And, you know, sometimes it takes a long time to figure that out. And, um, and even with different seasons of life for you as a mom, I mean, it's going to be continually changing, but, but Mm -hmm. in, as you look back on your, um, just even the last, maybe say 10 years or so, what, when you feel like, has there been a time when you felt like, oh, I was really using all my strengths and that was just, I loved it. And I was energized by that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I would actually say in my job right now, I am using a lot of them. Um, just a lot of like my role is a lot of them is, or a lot of my role is calling people on the phone and people I've never talked to before. So it's a lot of breaking the ice, um, talking about the experience that they had on one of our retreats. So that kind of meets my belief, you know, it's talking about the mm-hmm. gospel and how this message of generosity has impacted them. And then, um, communication I'm sharing about how they can get involved and then activator I'm helping them take a next step. Um, and positivity, I guess, making it an enjoyable phone call. So I definitely am getting to use that now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say when I've felt like more like the chariots of fire example is probably, <laughs> Um, more, I mean, again, any of my friends who are listening to this are going to laugh, but it was probably, <laughs> probably when, I, yeah, I, I was, <laughs> sounds like so 
like high school hero to say this, but I was one of the MCs for our crew winter conference. And I do feel like that was such a fun, I felt like that was one of the most fun things I got to do while I was on staff with crew. So I got to, you know, lead the, I I didn't, well, what I liked about it is I wasn't giving any talks. It wasn't like I was having to be up there for 45 minutes, you know, yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've given talks before different crew things and I actually really did like that, but I felt it didn't, I was so much preparation for those talks. Whereas emceeing, I just felt like, I mean, I would prepare a little bit, like kind of write some bullet points, but I felt like I could just get up there and do it. Um, and it felt so easy for me. So I think that's an example of when I was using all of them. And I've emceed, I mean, even for like some of our, our women's retreat at Providence, you know, I did like, I, I just enjoy it's, it's the like being able to help connect the dots from what the speaker just said to what we're doing next. And, you know, like, I just enjoy being able to, to do that and kind of speak for the audience in a way. Cause that's kind of what an MC does. So I loved doing that. Um, and then I had another example. Oh, I would say another thing was also when I was on staff, I really, really loved leading um, small group, like little Bible studies, but with girls who may or may not identify as a Christian, like, but they were searching or exploring okay. and helping girls um, basically read the Bible for the first time, like actually read it. Um, I loved doing that. And I think that combined a lot of my, my strengths. Um, so yeah. And I th- I'm excited because Andrew and I are about to start or in the fall, we're in like a little training group right now for our church, but we're um, hopefully going to be leading a small group at our church together um, this fall. And we've, we've already met some fun, like young adults and young couples and some people who are single at our church that we would love to invite to be a part of it. So I'm really excited to get to use that muscle mm-hmm. again. I haven't, haven't led anything like that since I was on staff. Mm-hmm. That's really fun. Well, and I know, I think you mentioned too, like you're on the, um, I don't know what you call it, the welcome-ish committee at your church of just like, oh yeah, <laughs> meeting new people when they come. And I mean mm-hmm. that sounds that sounds so simple, but I know from having been going to church for years that it doesn't really happen a lot. And yeah, I think it's fun to see y'all having that opportunity to really be in. Um, in a position to really using that a, a simple yeah. thing to you as a strength, but that you're being productive with it. Yeah. definitely. So, well, anything else that um, you'd like to tell our listeners that might have any of the strengths that you have, any encouragement, or maybe they um, know someone that has one of these strengths or they're trying to understand them or will get along with someone with one of these, any two cents you have about that? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think for me, what's been helpful with all of these is to kind of understand, um, and this is a little bit maybe of Enneagram language, but like the, the shadow side and the gift side of these. Like, I think one thing that's great about strength finders is it takes things that you might not see as its strength and it helps you kind of see how it could be. Um, I think like woo, for example, that's one that I feel like people are like, I wish I had woo. And I'm like, Hey, the downside of woo is I'm, I can be, or I can struggle with being a people pleaser or manipulator or, you know, I mean like there's downsides to all of them, but I think one thing that's been helpful is to understand the the gift 
of all of them too. And like basically how you can, you know, love others through your strengths. Um, and like I said, activator, I kind of said, Oh, sometimes I can just lead people off a cliff, you know, but it's like, well, also I'm able to help people who have trouble getting stuck. I'm help, able to help them take action. And so I think it, it is really helpful to understand both sides, um, just for your own self-awareness and self-growth or self yeah, development, I guess. Um, understanding the both sides of them has been really good for me. That's, that's so helpful and really insightful. Just those things that you said, well, I know as your mom, I think you're wonderful and it's, <laughs> it's fun to see you using who God made you, but growing and learning in all those things too. So I'm excited to continue to have a front row seat to you and the things that God has for you. Well, our final question, what has brought you joy lately or put a smile on your face? Oh, just Charlotte. (laughs) She's so cute. She's so cute. Yeah. She's just in such a cute, I mean, she's almost six months and it's just like, she's in such a cute phase for whatever reason. I don't know how this started. I think cause I was like kind of saying this to her when I was getting her dressed one night after her bath maybe, but she like loves when I whisper kind of whisper sing the word pajamas. Like I'll be like pajamas, oh, pajamas. And she is like, whatever she's doing, she just stops and is like, like smiling so big. It's like, if she's eating, she'll stop and smile so big. If she's playing with something, she'll smile. Aww. So it's the pajamas. Oh, pajamas. She loves it. So that's my favorite thing to do with her right now. (laughs) So fun. Well, I can't wait to see y'all sometime soon, hopefully. I know. Yeah, very soon. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your um, busy Saturday to tell me about you and your strengths. And I love you. And thank you for taking time to do this. Yeah. Thanks for asking me. And I always tell everyone you're my biggest cheerleader in life. So I think I am who I am because you've encouraged me to, to be fully me. So thanks. Well, thanks. Okay. Well, have a good day. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope this time has given you hope and encouragement about how amazing you are or helped you understand someone you know or work with or love. If you're curious about your top five strengths, you can take the assessment at cliftonstrengths.com. If this episode's been helpful to you, please leave a review, share the podcast with a friend, or subscribe to Embrace Your Strengths podcast. You can find more information at barbaracolwell.com. I sure look forward to our next time together. Take care.